0: We're all ready to go, ladies. <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody. Um, it's Giselle for Pills of Grace Ministries, Sidoni and Gum. and we are back again. It's the last Thursday of the month of August, and so we are looking at our Women of the Bible series. Um, so we've been doing this. I think this is our third week. You can catch up on the previous two women that we've done so far. Um, on the podcast, either on um, the group, the Facebook group, or you can find us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to. Really, we're also on Audible. Um, but yeah, so we have done um, Abigail, Axa, and this week brings us to Ada and Zilla. Um And these are the two wives of Lamech. And we find them in Genesis chapter 4, verses 19 to 24. Gum, have you got a Bible to hand? Do you want to read?
2: Um, I'll have to have download, have an online Bible. What would you like okay. me to read? So just
1: that passage that makes reference to those women. So Genesis 4, have- 19 to 24.
2: Okay, you have sorry, say that, um, Genesis? 4. Okay. 19 to 24. Okay, do you have a version that you prefer?
1: Um, I think NIV is fine, or NLT, whichever one.
2: Mm-hmm. To, like NIV, so let's go for Genesis 4, 19 to 24. Mm-hmm. NIV, okay guys, just give me some time. Okay, so... And this is yeah. about Lamech and my... his oh. wife. Okay. Can
1: you hear me? Yes, we can hear feedback too. Okay. Okay,
2: it's gone. That was my fault. All oh, right, okay. No, that's fine. Um, Lamech married two women. One named Ada and the other Zilla. Ada gave birth to Jubal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal he was the father of all who played string instruments and pipes Okay, sorry guys my screen has just gone off I'm not sure why um, okay so sorry so I'll just read the, a, again um, I'll start at 21 so we've talked about the brother Jabal and then he has a brother called Jubal. He was the father of all who played string instruments and pipes. Zilla also had a son, Chibokain, Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Chibokain's Cain's sister was Nama, or Nima, however you pronounce that. Lamech had said to his two wives, Ada and Zilla, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77
1: times so that's oh wow okay um, Giselle just coming over to you um, this is Lamech who if we look at sorry if we look at the family tree he is Cain's um, grandson or great grandson might
2: be a great grandson
1: might be a great grandson isn't he it would be 7th so. yes.
0: generation yeah
1: Yes, okay, so he's a great great even. Um, and and it's interesting because I mean, this is looking at verse 24, he's obviously killed the man like his yeah. great grandfather did. Um, yeah. but what's interesting with Lamik here, and um, I find is that he he doesn't live by God's rules because nope. you know, in, in our book that we're using, um, so. Just for anybody that doesn't know, and you probably haven't been following the series from the start, we are using the book called Women of the Bible, The Life and Times of Every Woman in the Bible. Um, and we will put up a picture uh, in the group if you want to know which one it is. Um, but if not, feel free to drop us an email or a message and we can send you a picture. Um, but in, in just going back to this, in this um, book that we're reading, It tells us here that Lamech is the first person in the Bible Mm -hmm. to be polygamous.
2: Yeah, first recorded. (laughs) So we actually
1: have somebody recorded who is deviating because, you know, even Adam and Eve, they are, it's a monogamous marriage. But this is the first person in the Bible that is recorded as being polygamous so he's deviating from god's rules you know just to start with what does this make you think of i mean apart from the fact that he's following in adam's and and cain's footsteps and um, when you see that does that straight away go to you alarm bells uh-oh
0: <laughs> big time big time <laughs> because although they're in the bible to me they're not following god because mm-hmm. you we've got like what Six verses with them, mm-hmm. yes, and very briefly, you know, it doesn't say whether there's any worship to God, whether there's any sacrifices mm-hmm. to God. There's there's there's, there's nothing,
1: mm.
0: and you know, there's no spiritual legacy left by the women.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, you
0: know, there's nothing. So mm. dare say it. Might they have been pagan? <laughs>
1: it's possible it is possible um because i mean even when we you know the bible's clear it's one man one woman um you know and the book we're reading makes reference back to genesis 224 where it says you know they shall become one flesh now in 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 those days can we suppose or or assume that perhaps the reason why a man would have married two wives, or maybe why a woman would have wanted to be a second wife, could it have maybe been, um, you know, financial reasons or cultural pressures? What do you suppose that would have tempted? Unless maybe like you say, I'll just think this is me thinking out loud now, maybe they were pagan. Maybe this was acceptable.
0: Yep. To them. It, because you know, yeah. it, it, it certainly wasn't God's laws. Mm. Um, there's there's something really weird about it there there really is I just don't think that they've sort of decided you to up and be the first man recorded uh, Mm. to be a polygamist but Mm. um, it does make you think too that sort of you that yeah there was even all that nonsense going on in those days we mm. see lots of people seem to think today that uh homosexuality and lesbianism and all the rest of it is all a uh 21st century what? phenomena it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm. I i often say to people who you where do you think the name uh, sodomy came from mm. it comes from sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. it happened in biblical times and um so you're not inventing a new thing; you're just no, <laughs> renaming no, an old you know, <laughs> you know, you know, thing. It's adding. like tr- it's it's like tr- trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. The, the bean been and done it, and, and mm-hmm. everything. Um, yeah, you. What would make a woman really? Okay, well, I was going to say, what would make a woman really uh, want to be uh, to be the second wife? Now, it does say in our book that uh, Ada's name means adorned, and Zillab's mm-hmm. main name means shadow or protection.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: when you Google the, the two names, you get a bit more uh, for Ada. Mm-hmm. It means ornament, adornment, beauty, and pleasure. Wow. Well, oh, okay. okay. So, was Ada maybe a trophy wife? Possibly. And she could have been just you, know, the like the modern, or oh, was she maybe the first wife? Well, maybe the first wife, yeah, but but uh, uh, maybe a trophy wife. And then Zilla, meaning shadow, has she lived all her days then in Lamax mm. and Ada's glory? She has she lived in their shadows, could be
1: that's interesting, isn't
0: it? But interesting, that's... both women bore children. So if, yes. one of, so if one of them was a trophy wife, if one was the one to bear children and the other one was to be a trophy wife, both end up uh, bearing children.
1: Yes, because isn't this, isn't this just a little bit reminiscent? I mean, you know, just to draw a loose, very loose parallel with Jacob, you know, and, and yeah. his wives. But in that instance, you know, the first wife didn't bear children initially anyway. But here they've both born children so what really has pushed this man to marry a second wife unless maybe for lust for reasons perhaps as, as Ada's name I mean we're not told which wife is the first and and which one is the second no we're um, not we're not but what would have pushed the man whose first wife had born children maybe lust to to have a second wife um but you know what's also interesting here is they don't make any reference to any sort of you know for example in you know throughout the bible and if even if we look at Jacob, for example we have this issue of um an unsettled polygamous family home you know we have this issue of infighting and we even see it with you know um jacob and esau you know the mother's trying to better jacob because he's old and and you know they're trying to plot, Rachel's trying to plot behind, you know, Jacob's back when Esau goes off, but we, we don't see any of that here. Um, but for, 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 I mean, you know, I'm just coming over to you, because I know that you, I mean, feel free to not talk about this if you don't want to, but I know from experience that, you know, you have experienced something of coming from that background. Um, and just from your experience and from people that you've spoken to or dealt with, what are sometimes the struggles that play out in the Bible and in other stories, maybe not so much in this story as we see, but what are some of the struggles that not adhering to God's law of monogamy can cause within families? I mean, we see it in Jacob and Esau,
2: this fighting of birthrights. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think the issues are not necessarily different from monogamous families. So for example, Jacob and Esau were even twins, right? Mm-hmm, Same
0: mm-hmm.
2: mother. But I think the difference with polygamous families is that you just now have a situation where these risks that are in there can be amplified. So mm-hmm. there are very few of us who come from African backgrounds mm-hmm. who do have this, right? Mm-hmm. I least a grandparent or great grandparent, because, you mm-hmm. know, Christianity and so on, you know, people were doing other things. They were worshipping other gods. They were. We're living i mean you even have who are christians who still found their way so <laughs> <laughs> you know but you know it's it, it's something that you know polygamy has a very old history mm-hmm. and if you look at it a lot of it was you know some of it came down to plain lust let's not lie a lot mm-hmm, of these things mm-hmm,
0: things
2: were not for but there was also another reason for for example from our background you had for economic reasons right you had this mm-hmm agrarian families you know the larger your family the better you know for you mm-hmm. to make money and so one wife wasn't going to give you all the many children Let's that you it, it as a, as a source mm-hmm. of labor very pragmatic I mean my mother's father had I don't even know how many wives if I'm honest
0: mm-hmm.
2: and what I hear about him was a very astute businessman
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I think for him there was an element of you know this is a business decision Women, you know, the work Mm -hmm. on people, do all this trade. And so, human beings being human beings will always try to create um, ways to mitigate these things. So, for example, Mm -hmm. again, in many African cultures, they realize that this thing is potentially problematic. They did. And so, you had things like, okay, the first wife, the husband doesn't go and marry otherwise without the first wife's consent, right? Mm And things like that to try and bring peace. But this is man trying to find solutions. And we know that man's solutions are never enough so Mm -hmm. no matter how much tradition and everything was supposed to keep the peace Mm -hmm. i think many people learn to live with it and Mm -hmm. maybe some people just you know had that personality to just flow but Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm. i find that the peace in a lot of polygamous families are usually a very uneasy peace Mm -hmm. one of those things where sometimes people just have to sacrifice and say okay my hand's in the air i'm just gonna let go of stuff Mm -hmm. so it's a compromise to have this peace because it's you know it's something that is not in God's will it's never going to be perfect but you know what is so amazing about God mm-hmm. is that even in those circumstances God will still step in he shows himself
1: doesn't he and 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 that just brings me to the, the the thing that I actually found quite striking in in this short passage that we've read is the fact that even though Lamech deviates from God's plan God uses his deviation and his disobedience to forge and foster what we know today as advanced civilization. Oh, yeah. I mean. And that, in this, that just struck me because I was like, hang on a minute. These people have obviously done something wrong. They've obviously, this yeah. guy has obviously gone off and married two wives, even though God has said, you know, initially God only made one man, one woman in the Garden of Eden. And they would have known that. But God, in his infinite mercy, looked at this situation and went, well, okay, you've only <laughs> really gone and done what you've done, right? And it's wrong. And God's going, well, what good? What? How can I bless you through your wrongdoing? And how many times have we experienced that? I mean, Giselle, how many times have you, like, your mistake has led to a blessing? <laughs> <laughs> To put it uh... quite just quite <laughs> bluntly how many times have you done something really bad and you've deviated from God's word and God's plan and you've disobeyed knowingly or knowing me, but God has turned that into a source of blessing.
0: Never. <laughs> Never. Never. The, only anyway. thing, the, the only thing I've gotten from my mistakes is I've learnt my lesson. <laughs> um <laughs> Blessing, G. That's a blessing. That, yeah. You can see people. Yep. That. That's true. No, um. Pre-born again days. When I mm-hmm. think back to uh what my life was then, when I look back on it, God really did have His hand in me then, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was lots of mistakes I made that He protected me from. Mm. Uh, yes, he did turn them into mm. blessings for me. But I didn't realise mm-hmm. it at the time. It's only older and wiser. Only later. Yeah, only that, later. That I can, that I can think but back. But maybe they
1: that. didn't either. You know, these, these two women didn't know that the sons that they had born, who, you know, one... Um, Jabal was the father of those who, you know, agrarian lifestyle, so those who dwell in tents and livestock. Then we have Jubal, who's the father of musicians and, and, you know, music. And we know that the Psalms play a huge part in praise and worship. Down with Jubal. Okay. <laughs> you know, we know that later on, you know, the Psalms through David and, and music and the harp and the lyre and the flute, they play a huge part in praise and worship to God. Um, and then Zilla becomes an instructor of craftsmen and bronze and iron. And yeah. we know that when God gives the instructions to build the ark, which Solomon then finally builds, these skills are all what comes into play. Mm-hmm. And we know that God is making provision for his people later as mm-hmm. to the, the skills and the crafts set that they would need to, to praise him and live in worship with him so you know like you say we might not know it at the time But you say that you know you're you're making a mistake and you really don't know but God really does use some of those sometimes
0: he does but the thing about that is it was their children that did these not Lamach and the wives
1: yes yes
0: so the children were sinless well we're all born into sin. But the children mm. those situations were sinless. Mm, so mm. it was those that God took apart. Is what I see from it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So not so much the people that made the mistakes for their children. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. But could they then, could it be argued that they perhaps benefited from that? Because they are named here. Um, as the mothers they could have just been nameless oh yeah they, yeah, they could have been um, but there is do you, do you maybe think that there is an aspect of mercy shown to them in the fact that they are named in the bible
0: that's a very interesting point and yeah when you bring it up yeah possibly in fact more than likely yeah
1: mm-hmm. Because they could have just been, you know. In in we we see the the um That's That's we see me. the descendant and the family line from Cain, and obviously yeah. all the men are mentioned, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The women aren't until we get to Lamech's two wives. Actually, the the, the subtitle, the subheading in the Bible really names it: Lamech's two wives.
0: And you and you see with very little written about them, like. It mm. goes on in Genesis, uh, and Lamech is mentioned again, you further mm. on in Genesis, mm. but the two wives aren't. So it was very, nice. very, very
2: little history about them. Yeah, but it gives us their name. Yes. But interesting. I watched something, I can't remember where, and somebody said something which I thought was very striking. You know, a lot of the time people complain, and I have complained about the lack of, you know, mention of women or depth mm. about them in the Bible. And somebody said, you know, silence is also a literary instrument. And I think the Holy Spirit did that very deliberately mm. to just show us how we human beings can be. And just mm. what the of women has been historically. Mm. Because like you said, Sidoni, for the, you know, these women's sons grew up to accomplish so much, but the society even really notice them. Mm. One, that was the Holy Spirit's commentary, like, you know, I'm going to be silent here because I want you humans to see how much you don't see, because this is a consistent theme in the Mm -hmm. Bible. But it's also just occurred to me that perhaps these women were not as, I mean, the commentary in the book is very interesting to me because Mm -hmm. the author comes up with this proposition that these women may have led very empty lives. Mm -hmm. Possibly not true as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at what their sons went on to achieve, these were big so where could they have learned some of those things from, right? Who could have mm-hmm. influenced them to go out there and do these things? Mm-hmm. So there is just so much room. I think for me that the more interesting thing is why did they decide to marry a guy who just seems clearly reckless and unapologetic? I mean, he kills somebody, then he gathers his family, and he's he's like, there's no hint of repentance. <laughs> the <laughs> audacity of him! <laughs> <I tell you. laughs> typical man kill me like that guy is something else so yeah. my thing what are you people even doing with this man <laughs> you know but maybe
1: maybe it was an aspect of you know I mean um Zilla's name gives us maybe there's an aspect of the second wife if in if indeed she was maybe there's an aspect of protection maybe he was a wealthy man um you know mm-hmm. the commentary in the book says you know what are you giving up you know when you break god's rules almost kind of like what what are you giving up were you willing to surrender your self-respect or um you know perhaps he was a landowner perhaps he was a wealthy man i mean he must have been for his sons to have accomplished the things these things you know he must have been a man of means so mm-hmm. i suppose for me like the author in the book says what are you willing to surrender mm-hmm. um to get what you want are you willing to give up god because they would have known god you know he, he, coming yeah. from the line of cain coming from the line of adam directly they would have known of the creator of heaven and earth lamech yeah. certainly would have so he it would have been,
2: been a, hmm? he wasn't their god because didn't cain go off somewhere else land of Nod or something and marry from yeah, but there he, but he knew of him oh no he knew that's what i'm saying that they would really have known of him Oh yeah, their God, and Lamech doesn't look to me like somebody who was really, you know, struggling to keep. (laughs) He sounds more like Cain than Abel. (laughs) He was just this kind of reckless, lustful guy who met these women, and then, regardless of who they were worshiping, and so if their society had already normalized this type of things, maybe to them it was just, you know, there are still many parts of the world where they just don't get it, like when somebody. There are women who, okay, let's take, for example, in very, very typical Muslim cultures, the first wife already expects other women to come behind her. So she's Mm -hmm. not even pressing. So maybe Mm -hmm. they were from that kind of place where it was normal. So for them. Oh, yeah, it it was was normal. normal. It might have been to the women, but Lamech knew better. Because Lamech was descendant
1: from the line that knew of Yahweh.
2: Because his father was not exactly with God. I mean, it will be interesting to know because even, okay, let's look at Cain's conversation with God, right? Mm -hmm. When Cain killed Abel, was there any point when God was like, okay, Cain, you've done this, you've done this. We didn't even hear Cain say, okay, I'm sorry. Cain's almost like, oh, your punishment is too great. Somebody will kill me. So there is this streak of narcissism that we see in Cain Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. you could almost extrapolate and say that, you know what? he just had this entitlement that God would protect him went off and did whatever but whatever the case you see aspects of Cain's character in Lamech you know oh that yeah means- he's even a bit more brutal because yeah. he says he kills that man for what for wounding him yeah yes probably, I mean it probably doesn't really it was probably Talk about a- an overreaction G <laughs> <laughs> when you know what women have, but we see this like, Little boys mm. will have somebody just for looking mm. at them so yeah
1: mm-hmm. and it's interesting because he says that you know the reference of 77 times 7 comes back in matthew that's the gospel when when yeah. jesus is asked how many times yeah how many times should i forgive my brother but um i mean for me, Lamik is interesting because I personally think that he he would have known better. Mm. I think I agree with you that there's a there's a, and and it is inherent to all of us fallen humans. There's a certain predisposition to want to do what we want, mm. even even if we know that we shouldn't. And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we do know. Sometimes we do it just because our our will in at that place and time supersedes God's will, and so mm-hmm. we put our what we want over and above what God says we should want. Um, and for me, when I look at this, I see Lamech doing his will, um, and marrying those two women. I don't so much know that I can judge them because, like Giselle said earlier, we, we're not told a lot about the women. No. So we're when, when not to know whether they went into it for financial reasons or for protection or like we've touched on, it might just have been their cultural thing. They, they might have been pagans and say so to them, it was perfectly acceptable, to which case was Lamech then playing on their ignorance and just marrying them, even though he knew what, you know, his God or the God of his fathers um, allowed or disallowed. Um, but I think most, most important, the two points here, for me anyway, is that what are we willing to surrender? I mean, the author puts it here. He says, you know, um, what are you willing to surrender um, or trade, um, you know, for God's will? And so, you know, are we willing to our self-respect or comfort? Let's assume that they may be married for comfort or protection, um, as a second wife or as, you know, in, into a polygamous marriage. I think we, well, certainly I'm asking myself, you know, if, if there were a young woman listening to this, what what is your priority? What are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing God's will and God's word and God's way of marriage, which is monogamy mm-hmm. over and above money or status or comfort or protection all the other things that the world promises to give you even if that is in a polygamous home but it could very well be in a mon- monogamous home yeah um you know so it's it's a case of if if there's any single ladies listening to this um and perhaps they should just be thinking what am i willing to prioritize when it comes to choosing a man am i going to follow god's will and and and, and do god's will or am i going to do my will which is tall dark, handsome millionaire, you know, private jet here and there, (laughs) (laughs) breakfast in Milan, lunch in London, dinner in New York, (laughs)
2: dream on, come on. (laughs) I've just thought about it right, because there are people who say that sometimes in certain societies, polygamy is just a very pragmatic way of doing things. So if you have a situation where there are too many women for men, and ooh, ooh. all the men are not going to join the Catholic Church and become nuns. What do people do? Ooh, <laughs> God, no God did
1: not make the men the, sal- the salvation salvation plan of women. Okay, God did not send
2: those men. <laughs> They're not doing the women any favors. <laughs> I want to be married. I don't want to be single. I don't want to be a nun. So what but, do I that, do? That, But that's it. You're putting your
1: will over and above
2: God's plan i don't
1: want to be is is the 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 i there starts it starts the sentence it's not god doesn't want me to be it's it's i don't
2: want to see it's true and that that's true so but then how does somebody because these things are very strong desires right and sometimes it's difficult for somebody who really desires this thing to not have it and that's just the reality so how would buy somebody you know i've been a good girl all my life. I thought I would get married and then things are not really happening. getting to this stage. I would have loved to have kids and everything. So somebody can feel like, look, I've trusted God all my life. Why is this not happening? And then some man comes who seems like a good guy. He's a nice person. He's a provider. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to mess around. He's like, I don't want to be this adulterous thing. I just want to honor you and bring you in as you know my second i've seen that where this wife has a place this wife has a place and they're kind of doing their thing right and so he's like i want this to be respectable let's be you know husband and wife will have kids blah 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 right so you as this young woman in this situation you're looking and you're thinking okay this but is
1: are you, are you even a wife yeah according to the christian religion she's how you're the pastor right if you were marrying a a second wife is that person even a wife for as long as the first wife is still alive then the second wife is surely an adulteress
0: yeah that's it exactly is. okay that's a good no i'm just
2: thinking how would you yes it's a good very good thing to bring to the person and say do you know that you're literally culturally you may be seen as a wife or even legally in some countries you've probably seen as a wife but in God's eyes you're entering a situation of adulthood yeah exactly yeah and that's a good thing and then how do you help somebody to kind of come to because sometimes you just have to come to that it's it's a
1: hard one and I'm not going to you know I'm not going to to sit here and, and pretend like it's not because these are really real questions and they're very true questions and I you know I don't want to be seen to minimize people's desires and their wants and their devotions. Um, but there is something to be said mm-hmm. for attaching your purpose in life, mm-hmm. your wants and your desires. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this as delicately as I possibly can. In, I have met and I've spoken to lots of women, some of which were in the position where they desperately wanted a spouse, some of them desperately wanting children, and they were trusting God for, for such a child, and, and, and some had children and lost them, and others um, didn't have children. But I would say maybe out of... I, I mean, I won't say I've spoken to hundreds, but certainly a, a few women... But a lot of them say to me, the point at which everything changes is when they surrender to God, when they surrender themselves completely Mm -hmm. to God's purpose. And it's not their wants. It's not about what they want. It's not about. Yes, they have desires, and and doing that won't stop you wanting a husband. Doing that won't stop you wanting a child. Doing that won't stop you wanting that big CEO job or whatever your aspiration is or your ambition is. But a lot of the people, that women that I've spoken to, and I can only speak for women because that's the most people I speak to, say that the tipping point for them is when they realize that their purpose in life is defined and predestined by God not by what they want number one not by um how they choose to define themselves or what what definition they attached to themselves um as a result of you know societal or even personal pressures that we put ourselves under
2: sometimes it's pleasant
1: yeah, yeah and i have spoken of the you know a couple of women spring to mind and i'm not going to call anybody's name but a couple of women spring to mind where they have um they've not been married if not had any children. And they really struggled with that for about 12, 15 years. um, And a few months ago, I spoke with one of them. She said to me, she said, the moment I accepted that that was not God's plan for me to have biological children in this life, she said she felt set free her relationship with god completely changed i mean giselle you can relate to this can't mm-hmm. you what so. was that like for you because i know that you know personally feel free to not share if you don't want to mm-hmm. but i know it's a personal testimony um for you but how did you feel because you were trying for for children as well for a very long time and you wanted children and you so. have been a great biological mother but I know that you're a wonderful spiritual mother and you certainly are to me (laughs) that's the
0: best type I tell you it is the best type it really is yeah I spent a fortune Mm. uh in time and money and Mm. everything going and in those days going through IVF treatment I I lost two children Mm. and Mm. then went through IVF treatment in those days from Northern Ireland IVF treatment wasn't done there so I had to travel to St. John's Wood in London to have the mm. treatment done. And that was horrendous. It was staying at a nice, nice enough hotel. But with all the injections pumped into you and everything can mm. home. All I wanted was my own house, my own bed, mm. and I couldn't get to it. And um, went through it seven times, mm. implanted several times. Mm. It never worked. That was beginning to drive me absolutely bananas. Mm. And really, I didn't come to terms with that up until I became born again. Mm. And then I realized that God had a better plan for me. Mm. And OK, I know there's nothing better God can plan for a woman than to have children. Mm. But at the same time, I have loads of spiritual children. Mm. And I am. Amen. I'm I one am. of them. Yes, you are indeed, my <laughs> dear. You really are. So I'm going to slap you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that is absolutely fantastic. So it is. You, I've got some spiritual daughters over in Florida. Mm. I've got a spiritual daughter in Sri Lanka. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It 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 really is. So yes, once you realise, once you come into God's plan for you, mm. and let it fall into shape, everything's mm. a lot better. It is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know another one of these ladies said to me. She said that for her, it was the minute when she realised that. God's plan for her life was not
2: attached to her being married. Yeah. That's yeah. so important. That's really important. And I think for me, I think it's a two step thing. Well, that's my own logical way to see it. Because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, like you said to sometimes I think the pressure is twofold, especially when it comes to children. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. background. It can be social and it can be mm-hmm. from yourself, just feeling yes. like. would have wanted to be a parent and so sometimes we also know that society uses these things to define people and give value Mm -hmm. to people so Mm -hmm. I think the minute you realize that you know right Mm -hmm. so that's one step because you can think okay I don't see I I have a kind of slightly different story in the sense that I was never one of those people who was crazy about marriage. I was just like, okay, 50-50, if it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, well, no one's going to die because of this. But, you know, you have that social aspect of it where you still know that people can eye you a certain way. Mm-hmm. There was a time when I really didn't like going to weddings because you don't want this when business. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are still so many things, even with your friends, see how things change. You see how there is some sort of social hierarchy right Mm. and you see even in in the media you have movies it's always that high end you find love you get married so everywhere tells you that hey this is it so if you're not finding your because you have to live in a society those things will affect you so you Mm. get to the point where you just you know have that moment and you say no this doesn't define me but then this is the beauty of being born again because I think When you're not born again, you're very logical. And you're like, yeah, this doesn't define me. I'll be defiant. I'll move on. I'll do my thing. Mm -hmm. And you may have good people in your corner, like Sidonie. (laughs) If you're not born again, if you're born again, that's good. Because you think, okay, this doesn't define me. So what does, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole purpose of God comes through. Because I was particularly elated when, you know, I became born again. And I, like, God does not, like, this is just not the thing for God. Mm -hmm. I loved it because I think for me I had kind of, how can I put it? I kind of never just liked the social, the way society defined marriage and the Mm -hmm. exaggerated status that it gave marriage. Um, I was always a fan of marriage even before becoming one again, but I just did not like what an idol marriage had become. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, hey, like God doesn't see, I was like, whoa, come, like I love you even more, you know. So for me, it was. You don't have to be married to be
1: saved. You don't need children to be saved.
2: No. You don't have. And yes, God can really pair you up with somebody amazing. So if you're praying for marriage, please keep praying because there are also amazing things that God can do with people as a married couple. But yeah, that is not the thing to peg your relationship. In. Nothing, no. nothing no. should really be the thing to, to peg your relationship with God on. Nothing. Mm. Only thing should really be. God himself, right? Because I was mm-hmm. just thinking the other day, we have all these things from God that we love, right? We have our talents, we have our families. So you think if God gives you these things that you love so much, then what, what could God himself be like? Mm-hmm.
1: He is love, but... Steph- nice. Stephanie
0: yeah. says... Oh, hello, God... Stephanie. Yeah, oh, she, she, Stephanie. she's on oh. Facebook. She wow. says, God deals with the saved differently than the unsaved. An unsaved goal is salvation. Saved goal, saved goal is faith increase and sustaining.
1: Mm, that's so, true. That's, yep. so, that's
0: that's that's so true.
1: that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. That is. Right.
0: Ladies, it is eleven minutes past ten.
1: Thank you very much,
0: my mm-hmm. timekeeper. Yep.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. But no, thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. Uh, yes. Giselle, G when. A- Prayers out and yeah and, and the lovely messages that we've and experiences that we've shared today
0: okay Lord God Almighty first and foremost we give you thanks for everything you've done for us and Lord God Almighty I give you thanks for these beautiful women with us tonight Sidonia and Nahum Father God Nahum said that just a few months ago that anyone who's praying for a husband or a wife to continue praying mm. because lord god almighty we know that you have a great big plan for everybody mm. and lord we ask that those people that are praying for that spice that you have something someone wonderful ready for them mm. but if their life is meant to be father god to be lived by themselves mm. then give them that comfort wrap your your holy mm. spirit around them give them that comfort Let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that they can do everything through Christ and they don't need anyone beside them. Amen. Lord, I do give you thanks for all the children that you have given, woman. And I give Mm. you thanks, Father God, that we are a one-man, one-woman marriage institute. Mm. Mm. And, Lord, I just give you, I i give you thanks for everyone that I know, Lord, and give you thanks mm-hmm. for the ability that we've been able to come back on tonight and have our Zoom chat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I ask you to bless everyone that's been listening. And until we all meet again, all God's people, we can all say, Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Thank, Thank you listening. very much. Thank right. you, everybody.
0: Close Good night. Da- yeah, I will close down on Zoom first of all. Mm-hmm. Good night everyone.